Scott. I'm writing because I have a question for you. How important should money be in my life? I know it shouldn't be the most important thing, but if I don't care about money at all, then I won't go to work and I won't be able to pay my rent and I'll be kicked out of my house and I'll have to beg for the thing I should have cared about more, money. On the other hand, if I care about making money too much, then I might get distracted by my job and by all the money I'm making and I might spend less time praying to you and more time working and counting my money. What is the exact amount of importance that money should have in my life? A lot? A little? Can you give me a ballpark estimate? Sincerely, Money Minded in Michigan. Sorry, I should have been up here a second before, but I was laughing at my wife. You're just scared. You're just staying back there just so I... I apologize. Uh, I can do the whole message if I need to. Okay, all right. Wow. My name is Chad Hammonds, and I'm the (laughs) other lead pastor at Ignite Church. Um... We're so glad, that, like, like Ed said, that for you guys to be here with us this morning. Now, how many of you have ever been there where this guy writing that letter was? Hey, how much should I you know, be concerned about money? How big a deal is money in life? You know, what, you know, what, what really is the, the level of importance it should be? Well, there's maybe more than one answer to that, but we want you to know that Jesus said more about money than that he said in the Bible Jesus actually said more about money than he has any than he did any other subject. Now that might be surprising to you, but he knew that it, money would be a big deal for all of us because everybody in here, including me, wishes that we had more money, and we all you know we all need it. It's a tool that we need to use through you know to get through life, and, and especially here in the U.S. So Jesus knew that it would be a big deal. So he talked about it a lot. And last week, when we started this whole series, Money Matters, we started out with our theme scripture, that G, and it's, we're taking it for something Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, and here it is. This, again, is Jesus talking. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Like everything else in our relationship with God, our attitude about Money is first and foremost a heart issue. It's mostly about our heart, and does God have our heart? Now, Ed and I have discovered in the Bible and through several years of pastoring people and talking with folks, we've discovered something that this, we're going to give you a statement here that is absolutely true. We've seen it time and time and time again in our own lives and in the lives of folks that we've been talking to, and here it is. The condition of my heart towards God is reflected in how I handle money. Now, now just in case you haven't checked in with me yet, let's try this. I'm going to give it to you again. The condition of your heart concerning God is absolutely, hands down, no doubt, reflected in how you handle money. I remember a time in my own life when money was number one. When I would consult my, my checkbook before I would even consult God about what I should or should, that's, that's, that's a given. I was always putting money first. Now, money's important. We're, that's, that's, that's a given, but I would put it first. Where that, that's what I would have to, you know, I had to bow everything in my life to money. It was always the concern. And my guess is some of you have been there as well. We should be wise with our money. We should never spend more than we make. 
You know, we should, we should save, we should do, there's a lot of healthy things that you and I should be doing with our money, but money should not rule our lives. It should not be the number one thing in life. Money is not the most important thing in life, but how we deal with it and how we handle it absolutely is a sign of where our heart is. So, uh, let me say this again, money should not be what organizes our life, and you can get to the place where it doesn't. Now, if, if, we, if we put money number first, it absolutely will dictate what you and I do. It'll dictate every day, and it, usually it causes stress. One of, the most, one of the biggest reasons people split up is money. Now, if you can relate to any of the things I've said so far, then we're so glad you're here today. And that's because we have God, who is the number one financial planner of all time. He knows more about money than I could ever, ever even think about knowing. God has a, a foolproof plan to help you and I get out from underneath the dictator of money. Last week, we talked about a biblical word, prosperity, and what it meant for God to meet our needs and for us to prosper. Well... Today, we want to talk about, okay, what's the first practical step? How do I begin to enter into God's plan for my money? And here's the first step. The first step towards real prosperity is to put God's money first to tithe. God's money first to tithe. We're going to explain a little more while I'm calling it God's money, okay? So last week, we talked about prosperity. Today, we're going to talk about this word tithe and look at some scriptures in the Bible that talk about it. First, we're going to look in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, and this is a book that tells us the history of Israel and what God was doing, and where we're going to jump in is when they're about to go into their new country. The people of Israel have been on a trip since God brought them out of Egypt. They're about to inhabit the promised land, and God wants them to be blessed. He wants them to prosper, and so he gives them some instructions so they can have what he wants them to have. So look what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 14 through his prophet Moses. You must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. So he's telling these guys, here's my plan for you. Here's what you need to do. And here we see that the biblical word tithe is 10% or a tenth. It's a fraction. So God is saying, set aside that tithe, that 10% of your crops. Now let's look at another scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So there it is again, God's command. But in this case, there's more. There's a promise of blessing. Look at the next sentence. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. God is telling these guys, I want to bless you and here is how. Now let's unpack that first sentence a little more. Honor the Lord. That means put him first. Honor God by saying, God, you're the source of all that I have. I'm honoring you. I'm recognizing that. And as a way to demonstrate that I'm honoring God, he gives us this instruction. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of all your increases. Here, this word first fruit is, is cool because it talks about not just what comes into my life, but the first part of it. So here, first fruits tells us that the tithe is the first 10%. It's not just 10% overall, but it's the first 10% of what comes into our life. And then there's this phrase at the end I really love. And it says, give the first fruits of all your increase. 
Isn't that interesting? It didn't say income, like your paycheck. That's part of it, but we're increased in other ways, aren't we? Sometimes we get gifts of money or, you know, benefits or something like that comes to us in cash, and that's increasing us, and so God wants us to give him the first fruits off of that. It's kind of like the farmer who's farming and uh, got his pitchfork, you know, and he's getting the hay in. That first 10%, he's thinking, I got to turn that into an offering and give that to God. So the first 10% is the first fruits. Increase is the tithe is the first 10% of all the money that comes my way, not just income. Parents, let me, let me give you a tip here. This is one of the best things you can do to help your children succeed financially in life is teach them to tithe. When they're little, teach them to tithe. Uh, raising our kids, you know, there'd be birthdays, right? And grandma and grandpa would give them birthday money. And so I can remember uh, one of my kids, Dad, I got 10 bucks from grandpa. Cool, that's awesome. What do you do with it? I tithe. How do we do it? He's like, I'm not sure. I got a $10 bill. And I said, Let me help you with that. So we turned that into 10 ones. Put them on the table. Okay, this is all the $10 Grandpa gave you. What do you do? They push $1 aside. And they were children. You know, as adults, we could be this way too. But being children, they kind of go, uh, you know, (laughs) pushing that over. And I'd say, but here's nine left, and God's going to bless these for you because you are doing what? You're honoring him by giving him the first fruits, the first 10% of how you've been increased. All my kids today... uh, I want to look at about tithing. This is from the book of Leviticus. One-tenth of all crops belongs to the Lord, including the crops from fields and the fruit from trees. That one-tenth is holy to the Lord. The most important thing about tithing is that it belongs to God. So when I am increased, I get my paycheck, say it's $100, It's not all mine to start with. 10% is his. It's not that I'm giving him anything. He already owns it. The question is, will I give it back to him like he's telling me to, that he could bless me? We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, a little more in a minute. But holy means something set aside for God. And he's saying the first 10% of all our increase is holy. It's his, and he has special things in mind he wants to do with that. So... I should really take that seriously. If God says it's holy and it's set apart and it's mine, I I should really take that seriously. So let's put this all together in one final summary definition of tithing, okay? Tithing is bringing back to God because it's his already, right? I'm just bringing it back to him. It's bringing back to God the first 10% of all my increase. Back to God, first 10, all my increase. Here's a cool thing about tithing. It creates like this spiritual box around my life. And I'm in this box, and there's two big things going on. Because I'm tithing and honoring God, like he said, to honor me, treating it as holy, in this box is his blessing and his protection on my life. And it's an awesome thing that tithing creates a box of blessing and protection. And Chad's going to tell us more about that. So this box that Ed's talk in the Bible, we find a really good description of it in the book of Malachi in the Bible. And there's this guy named Malachi, and he wrote some very helpful insights, some things that God spoke into his heart. And these things that he wrote, they are challenging, and at the same time, they're exciting. And what I'm going to do is we're going to read a portion of it, 
and we're going to break it up a little bit as we go. So as we're, you know, a little bit, and then we'll break it up a little bit and break it up, uh, just to make sure that we have a really good handle on what he's saying here. So in Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 7, he begins, he's writing some things that God said. So here we go. Return to me so I can return to you, says God of the angel armies. You ask, but how do we return? Now, let, let's be clear. He's talking to people that were you know, his people, that were following God. And if you're here today and you're following Jesus and you're thinking, hey, I want to go where God wants me to go, this is talking to you and me as, as well. If you're in here today and you thought, hey, I just came to church because I thought there might be a cute girl or I heard y'all had some free donuts. Well, number one, we are so glad you came. <laughs> and we, you can just kind of relax a little bit and listen as we talk about something that is hugely important in the lives of people. And maybe, just maybe, you'll hear God speak to your heart as well. So God says, hey, you guys have left me. I want you to return. And he kind of he says what they're thinking. He says, hey, I, you guys need to come back to me, and you ask, how? What, what do you mean? What, what's the problem? What do you mean we need to return? Well, God keeps going. He says, begin by being honest. To return to God, begin by being honest. Now, I think this would be a great approach for all of us in here today. If we would all just get honest with me for, with me for a second, we're, we're in church and so that's a really good place to be honest. I mean, actually, everywhere it's a good place to be honest. But um, So a lot of times we, and myself included, definitely Ed, definitely everybody that's looking at me at this moment, we have had times in our lives where we trusted money more than we trusted God. Where we, where we put our faith in and we believed that money would solve our problems that it would be the fix to whatever it is we're going through. And it, it's a tool, and we need it, and we like, I get all of that, but we, we've trusted money more than God. And if we would be honest, I bet you everybody in here could say, yep, I've been there, or yeah, I'm there today. God keeps talking. Let's see what he said. So again, he's kind of talking, he's talking both sides of the conversation. He says, do honest people rob God? Well, of, of course not. But you rob me day after day. Folks, this right here, I've had to come to this realization myself. I'll tell you about it in one second. And then he's saying, you ask me, how, how have we robbed you? And then he answers the tithe. He's like doing a monologue is what he's doing. He's do, he, and he says, how have we robbed you? The tithe and offering, that's how. So remember, we saw earlier, as Ed was talking, that the tithe, the first 10%, of, of our increase belongs to God. And just so you know, in case you weren't aware, God holds the deed to the entire world. Okay? He owns everything on earth. It's all his. And so I, I'm thankful he lets me live here. And, and I'm thankful that he you know, supplies for me and my family. And I'm happy to, to bring back to him the first 10% of everything I got. So, and he lets me have 90. So just in case you didn't know, um, he, he owns everything. So that's where he says, hey, you've, you've robbed me. God's calling them out. He's saying, you guys, I, I've taken care of you, but now you've, you've left. And you've started trusting your money and using it in ways I never said. And he says, 
he goes on to explain the danger out of stepping outside of this box of God's blessing. He's like, you guys have left. You've robbed me. You've stepped outside of where what I've made for you, and it's not going to go well. Now, I grew up learning about all this. I grew up in church. I've, I've been in church my whole life, and so everything we're talking about today, everything we're talking about in this series, I have heard a thousand times before. And I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what's in the Bible, and I know what God has said about money and money matters. And, and so I grew up that way, and we had my parents tithe, and they gave to the church, and they were very faithful, and we were, my family was blessed because of it. Well, then I got older, and I got married, and I had kids, and I bought a truck. Well, this... Um, I discovered or I determined some way for some reason that I needed to use that first 10% to pay for my truck note every month. And so I decided that's what I was going to do. And so I did. And so for a while, I was, you know, I was one of these people that was robbing from God to pay for my truck. Well, I didn't dawn on me till some time later, I got honest with God and said, oh, you know what? This is what I've been doing. Well, it's not like he didn't know. But then I just remember God just speaking into my heart and saying, hey, that, that was never okay. You, you left and you decided to put that truck and that truck payment above me. And I, you know, I'm so sorry. So what I did was I decided, my wife and I decided that wherever that truck money has to come from, it ain't coming from our first 10%. That's going to God. And from that day on, which was several years ago now, from that day on, it's always been the same. We, we have never gone back again. And I remember doing that and saying, okay, God, here's my, ten, my first 10%. And it was, I felt like this. <sighs> like, wow. I had been under stress. I had been under just you know, a weight that I didn't even, I didn't really recognize it until I wasn't under it anymore. I had walked back into the box of God's blessing, and I'm so glad I'm there. It doesn't mean all my bills are paid, and, and you know, no, the bank didn't just decide to write off my, my truck note. I still had to pay for it, and everything in life isn't perfect, but I've been walking and living in the blessing of God because of it. So that's just a, you know, that, that's, that's where we're at, or that's where I was at, and so we want to get honest. We want to see where we're at, what we're doing, and God says, man, you, you've stolen you know, what was mine, and then he tells them, here's, here's what happens. When you step outside of the box, we're going to keep going in, in the, the scriptures that Malachi wrote, and now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Now, don't get the picture of God sitting up in heaven with a big black cauldron and a big spell book. And him, like, dropping in some bat ears and stirring it around and saying, now there's a curse on you because you didn't do what I said. Don't get that picture because that's not what's happening. It's not true. What God is saying is you are moving outside of my blessing. There's only two options. You can live a life that's blessed or you can live a life that's cursed. That's the only two options everybody on earth has. So he's saying you moved outside of the blessing, so now your life you're living in, a, you're living cursed. Curse means outside of the blessing and protection of God. I know a, quite a few people who are living this way. 
I know quite a few people who are in church all over the, you know, probably all over this country today that are not living in the blessing of God. And I would bet you that there are people sitting in this room today that are not living a blessed life. Your life is outside of that. I know that just because we're people. And like I said, I have been there. When you're there, you don't feel like your life is blessed. You feel like your life is full of drama. You have a lot of, an, a lot of anxiety, and it seems like you never get a break. Now, I'm not saying everything, nothing, not everything gets perfect once you do the things God says all the time, but at least you're living a blessed life. I want to make something really clear. I'd rather be blessed than rich. I would rather live a life that's blessed than rich. Now, honestly, I would like to have both. <laughs> I'd like to live a life that's blessed and be rich because that'd be amazing. Um, but rich does not necessarily mean blessed. So I would take, if, if, I only had, if I had to choose one, I'm choosing blessing every time because I want God, I want to be going his way because he knows more and he's better than everything else. There are plenty of rich people in this world today that are miserable. They're not blessed. And it's because they haven't put God first. And where you see it happen is in their money. Your money and the way you handle it shows where your heart is towards God. If it goes to God first, then God's first in your life. If it doesn't go to God first, doesn't matter who you are and how long you've been in church, God is not first in your life. He keeps going and tells how to do it. Because it's not like you and I can walk up to God and say, well, here you go, here's some cash. Uh, you know, get online and send it to the bank of heaven. <laughs> Can't do that. So he goes on and tells you, here's how you do it. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. We don't, here we don't really have temples anymore. This was, a, this was in their culture today. It would be the local church. The local church is where the people that are following God, they get together on Sundays and other days, they get together to to follow God together, to be nurtured and protected uh, in the local church. And folks, you can give to anything. You can give you know, an offering. You can give a gift. You can give to charities. You can give to your neighbor. You can give money and be helpful to people, and those are all fantastic things, but you can't tithe to anywhere but your local church. So if we're in the place where we think, man, I've been given. I should be blessed. I'm, I'm good. I've given 10%. If you didn't give it to God, no, no, you didn't. What you did was you gave an offering or you gave a gift, which was good. Those are great things to do. You should do that. But if you didn't bring it back to God, you weren't really giving it to God. You were giving it somewhere else. And, and by the way, you, it, it, it's where you go to your local church. I can't give to another place somewhere else, and I can't give over here. And, oh, yeah, I'm going to give to that over there. It, that, that's just not the way God set it up. Our tithe belongs to God, and he says you give it in the local church. Now, then God says something very unusual. It's the only place in the Bible that you'll see something recorded that God said something like this. He said, all of those things, you know, hey, you've been robbing me, and this has happened, and, and all of this. Then, he's, then he kicks off the good part. He says, trust me in this and see. God says, I meant test. Okay. That's what I meant. <laughs> test me in this and see. God said, come on. 
I, bring me a challenge. Challenge me in this. I dare you. I mean, I kind of feel God talking. That's why he would talk to me. He says, see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Now, I want you to remember that uh, he doesn't say everything in life will be perfect, but he said he's going to begin to pour out blessings on you you never thought would come your way, that you, would, you never thought life could be like this. There are things in life that are way more important than money. I don't, I don't know if y'all believe that or not. There are things in life that are way more important than money. I would rather be blessed than rich. God wants me and you to test him. He, he's saying, come on, try it. Test me by tithing and watch him pour out blessings on our life. That's, he, he makes that challenge to us. But guess what? There's more. If we do that, he keeps talking, and he says, I will defend you against marauders. Protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. God says, look, inside the box of my blessing, not only will I, are you living, am I going to bless your life in ways you never thought of, I'm also going to protect you. Now, he, he, he does say protect wheat fields and vegetable gardens, and if you're not a farmer here today, you may not have a wheat field. Um, if you're like me, not even God could save a garden you made because I've tried and they don't work for me, but that's okay. But what he's talking about is, I will, he's saying, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you and yours. I'm going to, the things that, that you're doing, my hands are going to be, I'm going to say, nope, devil, you can't, sorry, you can't take this from them. You can't attack this part of their life because I got it. I want God on my side that way. And so I'm, I'm 100% in for this test. I've been testing him for years, and God has never got anything but 100. So many people have gone through life thinking that God's all about telling them, you know, what you've done wrong, and the whole, even this first part of the scripture, you've robbed me, and now you're living in a curse, and they're like, that's why I don't go to church, because they tell me where I'm wrong, and they always talk about money. Number one. It's been a year and a half since we had a series on, uh, on, on money, things like that, but we're also going to do it every time we think it's important because God talked about, Jesus talked about it more than anything else. But he's giving. I want you to hear something in what God's saying. I want you to hear, hear the hope that he's giving. He's saying, guys, gals, I want you to be blessed. I want you to live in this box. I want you to live under my umbrella of protection. I want you to have the life you were born for. And this is how it goes. You put, God's saying you put me first. And the way you see it, one of the biggest indicators is how you handle your money. If you can handle giving God back his first 10%, you're well on your way to living a life inside the box of blessing. I want to tell you a story about a friend of mine named Tom. Years ago, so if you have never heard of Leveland, I sure in the West Texas town of Leveland. Probably most of you have never heard of Leveland. I sure hadn't until I got out there. Well, anyway, it's a great town. It's you go to Lubbock, which is kind of the edge of the world, you know. Then you fall off the edge another 30 miles, and that's where Leveland is in Hockley County, a neat community, lots of cotton growing and oil drilling. And so I got to pastor a church there for a good while, and I taught on this. And one Sunday, one of the men came up to me. His name was Tom. 
And he said, Ed, I get it. I, I get it. I haven't been in the box of blessing. I want to get there. Would you pray for me? Because you told us it's going to be a challenge and the devil's going to attack and try to discourage me. So be praying for me. I said, you got it, bro. So three or four months go by, and Tom comes back up to me. And as he's walking up, he has this kind of, hmm, perplexed look on his face. And he said, Ed, i got to ask you a question. I said, okay, what's up? He said, well, these last months, we've been doing what you and I talked about months ago. We've been putting first, God's first, and giving that 10% back to him first, and then paying bills and everything else. He said, and the weirdest thing's happening is that I've got money piling up. He said, used to, I was just happy to get through the month. He said, now it's like we give God back his 10%, we pay our stuff, take care of business, and there's extra money. What is going on? I haven't got a raise. I haven't won the lottery. I, I don't get it. So I said, well, Tom, let me ask you a question. When's the last time your car broke down? When's the last time an appliance broke or you had to replace one? When's the last time a kid got sick and you had to pay lots of money for lots of medicine? When's the last time you got some unexpected bill that was way more than, than you would have thought? And he thought about it for a second, and then I'll never forget his face. He just kind of goes, oh. I said, sure, and, and it'll still happen some, but God's showing you, brother. He really means it when he says there's a box of blessing and protection. And so Tom said, I like this. I'm going to keep it up. Well, uh, as Chad's told you about his life, it's been the same for me. I started tithing at 18 and 40 years later, <laughs> God's been faithful. He sent my kids to college with money I didn't have, and he's just been so faithful because he got my attention as a young man. Hey, trust me. Trust me. Give me back first, and you watch what I do with the rest. So what's God want you to do? God wants you to put yourself in a position to be blessed like we're talking about today. God wants you to do whatever it takes like Chad, like Chad mentioned, maybe that payment comes last and you'll see if it happens or not. Whatever it takes to be able to give God back his first 10%. Now, this is such a big deal, kind of like uh, my friend Tom years ago. Chad and I have the same heart for you guys today. We want to be able to pray for you by name that you're saying, you know what, God's speaking to me, I want to start tithing. And so all we need is your name, and we're going to put them all on a list, and just Chad and I every week are going to be praying. We don't need your extra contact info or anything because we're not going to contact you. We're going to contact God for you and on your behalf. And so it's our privilege as your pastors to pray for you. And if God's speaking to you about committing the tithe today, we want you to help us out. There's different papers in front of you in those pockets. And in the middle section, every chair is a pocket. Over on these sides, you have to look left and right to find a pocket. But you can grab an envelope, a card. There's different stuff in there. But all we need is your name and just put a dollar sign by it. And that'll let us know, okay, this is somebody who feels like God is saying, start tithing now. And we want to be able to pray for you guys. Uh, one last time, the box is amazing. Protection and blessing from God. Y'all stand. Let's pray. When you write your name down on that card, please just put it on your seat. We'll pick those up right after the service. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you give us very specific instructions in life. You don't make it blurry. You say very clearly, this is what I want you to do so I can do what I want to do. So, God, this week, we just ask you to give us courage and faith, Lord. For a lot of folks, this would be a big step of faith, and yet you're a bigger God than any challenge we might have. 
So, Lord, as folks are taking a step of faith to commit to tithing, Lord, I thank you that you're going to show yourself so faithful in their lives, it's going to be good. And when the enemy attacks and tries to discourage them or tempt them to quit, Lord, I thank you that you're going to be there and you're going to say, keep it up, keep it up, just watch what I do. Lord, we thank you for these folks. We ask you to bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.